You're listening to the Misty Creek Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Misty Creek Community Church, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. Today's message is from Senior Pastor Stephen Street. Today begins the season of Lent. That, not, that may not mean anything to you whatsoever. You may have no clue. You're watching online, you just happen to find us, and you're like, I'm just curious, what is Ash Wednesday? What is Lent? Well, yesterday, I know you know what yesterday was. It was Fat Tuesday, right? It was our last chance to gorge ourselves before this 40 days of sacrifice and service. And did anybody gorge themselves yesterday by chance just because you knew you could before this 40 season or 40 day season of Lent? Maybe you didn't. Maybe you did. Some of you participated in Mardi Gras over the weekend and enjoyed yourself. Some traveled out of town to do that. Some are still out of town, and some still think they are out of town, even though they're back in town. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit as he, he, he comes out of the Jordan River. He's just been baptized. Think about that. The Son of God has been baptized by the, the woolly booger, John the Baptist. You're like, a woolly booger? Who's that? John the Baptist, this guy who ate locusts. He had, uh, you know, long, long hair. He, he dressed in camel's clothing. He didn't smell good. He's not what you would consider the, the upright standing citizen. But that's who God chose to prepare the way for the true Messiah, God's Son, Jesus. And so Jesus has just been baptized. And as he comes out of the water... The Holy Spirit comes out of the sky in the form of a dove and says, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And as Jesus comes out of that water and that voice announces who Jesus is in front of all the people that are gathered there, including some of the religious leaders, He is led by that same Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, into the wilderness. So that's where we get Lent from. This is 40 days of him going without food, without drink, without rest. And to top it all off, he's in the wilderness. It's dry, it's arid, and most likely it's hot. And to make things even worse, Satan, Beelzebub, the prince of darkness, the evil one, shows up and begins to entice Jesus, begins to tempt him. And so, that's what this 40 days represents. It represents this time with Jesus in the wilderness. And you know what happens while Jesus is in the wilderness undergoing this temptation? And I'm going to preach a sermon about that temptation and all on Sunday, so I hope you'll come back for that at 10.30 a.m. Is he does not succumb. He does not give in to any of the temptation that's presented to him. It's in that wilderness where he's thirsty, he's hungry, he hasn't slept. He is both human and divine. We call it religious dualism, which means he has two natures. He's 100% divine, holy of God. He's God's son. He's been with God since the very beginning of creation. He's the second person of the Trinitarian Lord, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And he's also flesh and blood like you and like me. And he's born 
into this world through a woman just like you and just like me, folks. He decides while he is in this wilderness facing this temptation what kind of man he's going to be. What kind of man is he going to be? He's going to be a sinless, blameless, perfect man. Ladies, you've been looking for that perfect man, haven't you? And the guy sitting next to you, you're like, well, this is what I got. But you know what? Most, if not all, the men that are in this room are connected to the perfect Savior. Does that mean that they can be perfect? No. But they serve a God who is perfect. And we all, not just the men in the room, the women in the room, the children in the room, no matter what your age, our goal during this Lent is not just sacrifice, but it's transformation. It's to be more like Christ, to seek to be perfect as Christ, even though we know in our broken humanity, thank you, Adam and Eve, we cannot be perfect. We can strive to be like Christ. And the more we are in touch and in tune with Christ and His ways and familiar with His Word and connected to the vine through prayer, through church attendance, through studying His Word, the more we'll have the mind and attitude of Christ. We won't be so tempted to sin and do things that are not of God. That doesn't mean we still won't every now and then, but we'll know we're doing it. He'll prompt us and say, you don't need to do that. Take a step back. It's okay for you to have an unpublished thought. You don't have to rip somebody a new one on social media just because you want to get on a platform. What would Jesus do? You see, Jesus is making these decisions in the wilderness for what kind of man he's going to be. He's not going to be that kind of man. He's not going to speak death over anybody. He's going to speak life. He's going to bring joy and love patience and peace and kindness and gentleness and self-control. He's going to bring mercy and, and grace, unconditional love for his fellow man and fellow woman. That's what happens in the wilderness. You had no idea, did you? You just thought he went out there for 40 days, he didn't give in to Satan, and then he started his ministry. A lot happened that we will never know happened in that wilderness. Just as there's a lot that's happened in your wilderness, maybe the wilderness you're in right now that we may never know just how wounded you are from being in that wilderness. But you know who does? God does. Because he walks through that wilderness with you. Guess who else might lead you sometimes into the wilderness? The Spirit of God. Watching and observing you. How you will respond to the temptations that are thrown at you. And you have the power within you because you were molded and shaped and created in your mother's womb by God Almighty. You have the power within you to overcome any temptation that comes your way. But if you're not connected to the source of all life, Jesus Christ, then you will make some bad decisions in your life. And you will fail. But the beauty of grace and the beauty of what happened to Jesus in that wilderness and he set the example for us. He reminds us, even if you do fail, that there's forgiveness, that there's newness of life. And so here we are in that 40 days. It represents the time that Jesus spent in that wilderness. So let's fast forward. 
after he comes out of that wilderness and he begins his ministry, he starts calling his disciples, all that stuff happens. But let's fast forward to when the season of Lent ends. Easter Sunday. We celebrate the resurrection. But we need to remember before there can be a resurrection, there must be a death. And so during this 40 days, we die to ourselves and we live more for God. What I mean by that is we lean in to God more and trust Him more and become more obedient to Him and let Him teach us. And I'm going to give you some ways how to do that starting tonight because today starts the 40 days. And then on Easter Sunday, we will celebrate the resurrection. And hopefully, during this 40 days of sacrifice, we will be transformed and we'll be more like Christ. And the resurrection will mean even more to us. But fast forward to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is the night in which he's betrayed. He's betrayed by one of his fellow friends, one of his disciples. And he's in the garden. He's he's already been betrayed. He knows that the authorities are coming to take him away. To arrest him. He knows there's an unjust trial coming. He knows he's going to be convicted. He knows that he's going to go to the cross and be crucified. He knows all of this. The prophets predicted it. So he's in that garden of Gethsemane. A dark, cool evening. His disciples are with him. They're resting. And he's alone by himself again. Just him and the Lord. And he's praying. And as he's praying, tears fall from his eyes like that of blood. He is so turmoiled because he knows in his flesh that he's getting ready to face horrific pain. He's going to be beaten and scourged, flogged and kicked, nailed to a cross. His flesh is going to be ripped wide open. He's going to be embarrassed. He's going to lose all of his, 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 his dignity can be basically without any clothing on that cross. And he knows this. And so in his humanity, he cries out, Father, take this cup from me. In essence, he's saying, is there a way out? Will you just take this from me? I don't want to do it. Has there ever been something that you've done or God wants you to do and you're like, I don't want to do it? You ever had a teenager say that to you? I don't want to do it, Daddy. I don't want to do it. I want to go to school tomorrow. I don't want to go to work, honey. Your husband ever cried to you or your wife ever cried to you? I can't teach that class anymore. They're crazy. They're wild. He's crying out to his Abba, Aramaic for daddy, daddy God, father. And it's at that moment God gives him the assurance of what must be done and assures his one and only son that everything's going to be okay. Does that sound familiar to you, Dunwoodians in here? Everything's going to be okay? Everything's going to be okay. And it's at that point Jesus determines what kind of Savior he's going to be. He decides he is going to soak up all of humanity's sin and all of death and despair and pain upon himself. In essence, he's going to become wounded. He's going to become the wounded healer, as Henry Nowen says. The wounded healer who will resurrect and bring new life for all who believe. 
And that's the question I ask you tonight. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the resurrected Messiah, the living presence of Yahweh, Jehovah, El Shaddai, Elohim, Adonai, Jehovah Jaffra, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh. He is, He is, He is the King. Is He your Savior? I'm going to ask you that again in a moment. He was led by the Spirit. Even as He was tempted, the Spirit was with Him. The Spirit will lead you and guide you in your wilderness. But let me say something to you. The devil did not give up on tempting Jesus, even after the wilderness journey. The devil was simply waiting for a better time. So this reality cautions you and me that once a temptation may be conquered, you may think it's permanently conquered, but it may not be. And it may show up back in your life at a weak moment. Be careful with that. And surrender those temptations, those habits that take you away from the goodness of God. Because remember, He never leaves you nor forsakes you. His goodness is always there. But you can pretty much easily just walk away from Him. That's called free will or free determinalism. Making your own choice about how you're going to live your life. And God would like for you to consult Him in all, not one or two, but in all of your decisions in this life. You can come out of your wilderness a loser, even a jerk. I did a sermon two years ago on, are you a jerk? Some people were offended by it, to be honest with you, because I asked the question, said, anybody in here a jerk? And somebody in the back said, I know one, insinuating they knew somebody in the room that was a jerk. Um, can I tell you this? And my wife is watching. Karen, you know it's true. Sometimes I'm a jerk. And if we're realistic with one another, jerks just aren't male. Okay? We can be jerks sometimes. You can come out of the wilderness a jerk and blame everybody else for your mistakes, even God. Did you know you can do that? Or you can come out of the wilderness more like Jesus and be closer to Him than you ever have before. The goal of Lent, this 40 days, is not just sacrifice because you, got, you will hear some sermons. I listened to one today. The whole sermon, it was really good. But I came out of it just knowing, okay, so I need to give up diet drinks. I need to give up fried food. I need to give it up watching Netflix. But did you notice that all those things were for me? None of that really for God. Sacrifice and transformation is, what are you going to give up? What are you going to give back? What you give up, will you replace what you're giving up with the things of God? That's the question I want to ask you. I'm not going to ask you to write out this list tonight and reflect on it for 45 minutes. None of that. That'll be between you and God. You know, most likely, what it is during this 40 days you need to step back from. And step back from that and step into 
what God would like for you to do in place of that. And maybe by the end of the 40 days, that is no longer part of your life. It's not even in your vernacular anymore or in your mind because you're so transformed by what God has done in that 40 days that you don't need that, whatever it is, in your life anymore. This Lent, I want you to take some time to do nothing. See, I ain't got time to do nothing. I can't, I can't sit still. I can't just do nothing. What are you talking about? Sit still before God and do nothing. The psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I'll be exalted in all the earth. He's not just kidding around. He's saying, be still before the Lord your God, your maker, the holy God of Israel, your Savior, your Deliverer. Sit before God. Let God marvel at you as you're quiet. And you marvel at God in that quietness. You may even marvel at God while eating french fries. You know your buddy over at such and such church, he decided, I'm going to give up french fries for Lent. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's all he does. He's not praying. He's not scripture reading. He's not going to church. He just gave up french fries. You're in front of him eating your french fries. And you're spending quality time with the Lord in quiet. You're praying. You're giving back to the community. You're serving, and you still get to have your french fries. You see what I'm getting at? It's a matter of perspective, isn't it? You know what the world requires of you, don't you? Don't you? In the words of Elijah Wood, you ever seen the movie Pay It Forward? When he's asked in the seventh grade, the, the, the assignment is, think of a way to change the world and put it into action. And then Mr. Robinette, he's the teacher. He says, what did the world require of you? And little Elijah, you know, you can see this little seventh grader, can't you? Raises his hand. He said, the world doesn't require nothing of us. Nothing. But what does God require of you? And that's not in the movie, by the way. Micah 6, 8. There's another scripture passage for tonight. To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That's what the Lord requires of you. To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Maybe over the next 40 days, you'll do just that. You'll give up anything that wastes time and money. You'll give back. You'll serve people. You'll serve others. And at times, you'll do absolutely nothing but sit in the presence of God. There's no place I'd rather be than in the arms or the lap of my daddy, my Abba, my God. Some of you didn't really have a daddy growing up. Or that father figure you hoped to have had. You know, you refer to a male figure as daddy. That's the one who plays ball with you and comes to your concerts and visits you and, you know, daddy hangs out with you, takes you to Brewster's and gives you a triple scoop ice cream. That's a daddy. Loves you no matter what. Some of you, some of you watching have never had that kind of a daddy. You do have that kind of a daddy. You have a daddy who won't judge you, who won't abuse you, who won't hurt you, who will do nothing but love you and accept you 
for who you are because you are a child of God. You are his son. You are his daughter. And I'm going to say something you've never heard today in your life. You are a son or daughter of God just as much as Jesus is a son of God. That's got to sink in for a little while, doesn't it? It's got to sink in, doesn't it? The same spirit that was with the Virgin Mary, she was a virgin, by the way, at conception was the same spirit that was used to breathe breath into your lungs. He said, I, I formed you and I breathed into you my breath. I knit you in your mother's womb. I knew you before you were born. My eyes beheld your unformed substance as you were being created in the depths of the earth. In your book, Lord, are all the days of my life, even before one of them occurred. Go read Psalm 139. The whole thing, not just four verses. The whole thing. And you'll realize, wow, I am a child of God. I'm not my own. God's spirit is within me. He created me. He formed me. He lives within me. I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm not just mediocre or a footy dud. I'm brand new. I've been transformed. Wow. I want you to be alone with God these next 40 days. Intentional time with Him. Don't let the voice of the world drown out the voice of God. You don't need to optimize every single moment. You don't need to listen to a podcast while you walk to work. You don't need to check emails while you're on a, a workout or you're standing in line to get your, get your groceries. You don't need to watch TV while you eat dinner. Do nothing. Or at least do one thing and do it well. And do it with the Lord. Why did Jesus go into that wilderness in the first place? Stephen, why would he intentionally go into the wilderness? Well, the Spirit led him into the wilderness. Did you know that? He didn't just get him and say, I'm going to the wilderness. I don't think anybody does that. I'm going to go be in the wilderness for 40 days and be separated from all my friends and family, have nothing to eat, nothing to drink, and I'm going to struggle through that. Nobody intentionally does that. Why did he do that? Maybe Jesus needed some time with God to sort things out. Major happenings were, in, were going on in his life. Maybe he needed to get away from family and friends and familiar routine in order to see God and himself more clearly. Remember, he was also human. Perhaps he wanted some intentional time with God as he searched for direction and answers. Well, like Jesus, we may need to take some serious time during this 40 days to pray and listen for God. But Stephen, how do I start? I've really never done this before. I've acted like I have, went through the motions, but I've really never done it before. Let me ask you this question. I'm looking at those that are watching right now. Are you searching for something more? Are you? Come on. Are you searching for something more? Are you tired of running in circles? You feel like that's your life sometimes? Man, that, that'd be a bummer. But some people feel like they're running in circles, like it's Groundhog Day all over again, right? You've seen the movie. The same thing over and over. It's mundane. It's routine. 
It's average. Over and over. Not really living. No direction. No purpose. No passion. It's pretty easy to get caught up in the, the drama of going to class. The drama of being in relationships. The drama of being in the family. The drama of work. Our lives are filled with distractions that take us away from living a life that Christ intended us to live. So we try to live or try to fill the emptiness inside our minds with mindless TV, meaningless chatter, stimulants, alcohol, too many activities, or other irrelevant stuff. We run away from life and from God. Well, now it's time to slow down. It's time to stop. There was a spiritual called, slow me down, Lord. Slow me down because I'm tired, Lord. Slow me down, Lord. Slow me down. I'm tired. And he will. If you're going to ask for it, be ready to slow down and be still. So Lent is a really good time. And Doug reminded us in a beautiful way during worship. It's the time to repent, to return to God and refocus our lives to being more in line with Jesus. You want Easter to get here and to be the most magnificent celebration you've ever experienced? You go through this Lenten journey with us, and it will be. It'll be the most celebratory experience you've ever had in your life because you will have been in the wilderness, and Jesus will be with you in that wilderness. So it's a 40-day trial, a trial run of changing your lifestyle and letting God change your heart. We're going to help you out with that. Before you leave this service tonight, you're going to walk through those doors and out there on a little table to the left. To the left. Had to throw in the pop culture reference. Um, you're going to find a 40 Days of Lent guide. This is, I'm just going to say the most overused word next to excited in the human or the English language. Awesome. It's excited and awesome. Just watch people on TV. The two words they use all the time. I'm so excited. Awesome. That's awesome. Okay, I'm great. I'm glad you're excited, and it's awesome. This is, it, it is awesome. 40 days of Lent right here. It starts today. Take this home. Do it every day and watch what God will do. Ooh, I'm so encouraged for you. I'm going to be doing it too. We're all going to be doing it. And guess what? If you like to have a little fun, I like having fun, don't you? Yes. Every now and then, I like to do Wang Chun. You know what Wang Chung is if you're from the 80s? Everybody Wang Chung tonight, right? Look at this. Misty Creek Lent Bingo. How about that? Bingo. This is a Lenten bingo. It has instructions. I'm not going to go through them tonight. So you might be wondering, okay, Stephen, get us back on the focus of Lent again. I'm going to do that. And the way that I'm going to do that is I'm going to have a Thanksgiving over these ashes. And this may be brand new to some of you. You know, I, I realize that there are things that we do in the Christian church sometimes. We do it just out of tradition, or we don't really know why we do it. I think you know why now. I think you understand a little bit more. I put something out there on social media, and I put something out there on our website, and we had a handout last week explaining Lent, Ash Wednesday, the meaning of the ashes, all of that. And I'm going to have a Thanksgiving over these ashes now because they're symbolic um, I didn't get these ashes from the Holy Land or anything like that. They actually came um, several years ago from palm branches that were used on Palm Sunday. They were burned. 
and these are the ashes. Isn't that cool? I just love stuff like that. I think it's cool. It did not come from any cigar that I've been smoking, I promise. Didn't come from that. Um, but I believe the Holy Spirit's with us tonight. And so we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to, to make these ashes mean something for us. Let's pray. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be to us a sign of our mortality and our penitence. So that we may remember that only by your gracious gift are we given everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. For more sermons from Misty Creek Community Church, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to stream your podcasts. You can also watch videos of our sermons and complete services on the Misty Creek Community Church YouTube channel. And while you're there, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. For more information about our church, including our mission, location, service times, and more, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. God bless you, and thank you for listening.